0: Hello, folks, and welcome back to another part of this series where we're talking all about recovering from religion. The different programs that uh, recovering from religion has, how they work, and who, and we get to meet the people who is uh, who are kind of running and in charge of those. Uh, those programs. And so today we're going to talk about the whole volunteer program and how we get those them onboarded uh, and that kind of process. And who better to talk to me about it than the volunteer director and the uh, secretary of the board, Shanna Rubio. Shanna, thanks for joining me this uh, today.
1: Good morning. Good
0: morning. So, um, before we kind of get into the program, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, who you are, kind of how you got to where you're you're at now. And um, uh, I know that you've had a a, a a really great story coming out of religion and, and into RFR.
1: Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> It was a dark and stormy night. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was born into this mind control, mind controlling doomsday cult, better known as Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, I was indoctrinated since birth, of course. And then, when I was 28, I was kicked out. It was a pretty much impossible situation, and I was more or less forced out. But they disfellowshipped me, which means that I got shunned by all of my mm. friends and family, and and I was I was pretty much left with nothing because when they disfellowshipped me, they read me a scripture that they said applied to me that said, "We leave you in Satan's hands." So I felt that I was whoa, had no other... <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, it was it was it was so sweet. I just I I felt the love, <laughs> warm fuzzies everywhere. <laughs> so I uh, I I felt that I was pretty much doomed uh, from that point on. I was just waiting around for what the witnesses call Armageddon to come and for the God that I had spent 28 years of my life worshiping to kill me. In, in that final war. Uh, so I, I just kind of drifted through life waiting to die.
0: Did you feel that uh, judgment was like right around the corner? Like it would happen in your lifetime or, or within the next 10 years or something?
1: Absolutely. They, they would always tell us it's right around the corner. The end is right around mm-hmm. the corner. And then you can imagine how I felt in, in 2011 whenever 9-11 happened in September. Um, I was like, okay, this is it. Um, I guess I'll just wait around until it, it hits me because I figured that that was, that, that was prophecy being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And it's starting in New York and pretty soon it, it'll come to Colorado and and that'll be the end. Um, so it, it was kind of like I believed in a form of destiny. And and so I, I didn't really put much effort into living. I, I just kind of... Mm let things uh occur and and so then in 2017 i believe it was 2016 or 2017 i was introduced to the subreddit called xjw or x jehovah's witness Mm -hmm. and i had no idea that there were other people just like me uh in the world that had been excommunicated or disfellowshipped as they call it who were were like drifting through life trying to um, figure out how to navigate in a world that we were never prepared to to live in the the world or worldly people as they were called it was just a super scary place and all they ever wanted was for your demise for you to be unhappy there it was just it was it was really um distorted the 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 point of view that we were given about people who were not Jehovah's Witnesses and of course they were all going to die in Armageddon so you wouldn't want to be friends with somebody who was destined to destruction. Right. So um, then I started reading the stories in that subreddit <clears throat> and I realized that I had been fed a bunch of lies and uh, much of the decisions that I had made in my life had been uh, completely 100% affected by the lies that I was told in the indoctrination process so then I thought well then what is the truth because they call themselves the truth what is the real truth and I went down thank goodness for the internet I went down multiple rabbit holes (laughs) and the first one was just to figure out so how did this all get started how did the Jehovah's Witnesses in the beginning of the I think it was the twentieth century nineteenth century how did How did they get started? Who was this uh Russell and Rutherford fellows that they got the ball rolling and then I realized that they were just at least one of them was terribly misogynistic he was he was a horrible fellow nobody would be nobody would like him um, and he kind of muscled his way into to the president position and i Thought I need to find out what else is out there because I didn't even I didn't even explore whenever when I was 28. I, I didn't even bother because you know I'm gonna die. So I uh, went and looking for not necessarily atheists because that's a hugely communities. I, I just looked for things that weren't overtly religious. And I I found this um, podcast called Secular Sexuality by this this guy named Dr. Dale Ray. <laughs> and I, I was just I learned so much about sex <laughs> and sexuality in general, and it was it was so informative and and so uh, I believe it was. I heard him mention Recovering from Religion on that, on on that podcast, because I think it was just barely getting going. And I think the 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 main impetus for me um, finding out about Recovering from Religion is because I started an ex-Jehovah's Witness meetup group, and one person who responded was never a witness. And he said, I think you'd be really interested in this group that I meet with. Uh, once a month at the Secular Hub and and we all get together and we, you know, we, we're, we're all people who have been a part of a religion and we're not anymore. And at the time I was a one-string banjo. It was, it was JW or nothing. I, I didn't want to hear about Baptists. or evangelicals. You guys are a different bad tribe. You're not my tribe. And then It's something in his his email really made me start thinking. I'm like, well, let me give it a try. Why not? It's not like it's against my religion. So I I showed up and I was just amazed. I mean, it took me a while because I was reeling afterward uh, because their stories are very similar. Anybody who's been raised in in a cult or a cult-like atmosphere has very similar um, reactions and once you leave, there's uh, you're you're almost all dumped in the same black hole. <laughs> so um, I I continued going religiously, and um, <clears throat> then I I thought I, I had come to the point where I was uh, healed enough in my recovery that I was I was ready to start volunteering, and so I just uh filled out the application got interviewed and i started off as an agent and um it's just really not my shtick um i'm more of a behind the scenes person if if there's a uh some kind of a organization i i'm like in the back making sure everybody has enough water that the permits have been pulled that we're we're prepared and everybody's on time and the and were organized, um, I, I just didn't feel like I was doing well as an agent. I only answered a, a few chats and it, it just didn't set well with me. I didn't feel like I was doing very well with it. And somehow, because I, I don't remember ever expressing this to anybody, but somehow the person who was the volunteer coordinator at that time was uh, going to start focusing on other things and she decided to, to leave, and she needed to find a replacement, and she looked me up, of all people. I mean, I didn't know how many volunteers they had at the time, but <laughs> just, it, was, it was like, it was divine intervention. <laughs> 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 craziest thing. And of course, I mean, that's right up my alley. Yes, give me the tedious, boring stuff. That is exactly <laughs> what I love to do. You know, making sure the database is, is all all nice and formatted correctly and we've got good formulas going on and <laughs> that's what I live for.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, I've got the <laughs>
1: yes. I am getting a little toasty. <laughs>
0: oh that's awesome so right now uh, currently you are the director of the volunteer program and then you also kind of do double duty as uh, the secretary of the board you're a board member for rfr too right Right. that's awesome yeah
1: so so first i became the volunteer director and then uh daryl again i don't know how or why he he decided that that i would be a good board member but then (laughs) and and he he they, they all interviewed me and they decided that I would, I would be a good secretary. and that, That's what I do. In, in when I, when I was working, that's, that's what I, I did the majority of my adult life is I, I was a secretary for employment. So that, that was an easy transition, taking notes at meetings and, um, you know, regular secretary stuff. Got
0: it. Well, let's move into the, the program itself, the volunteer program. Um, I, I kind of see this as, the very first stop that every single volunteer makes. But uh, tell me uh, kind of what your view of the purpose of the volunteer program is.
1: Well, if we didn't have the volunteers, we'd just be like seven people sitting around hoping that people find us and maybe there'll be somebody around to answer a call or a chat. We, I mean, the, the volunteers are, are the what we base the entire organization yeah. on. And so, um, do you want me to just go over the the process, or yeah,
0: well, the okay. um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, let's let's get, yeah, let's go over the process. Um, yeah,
1: okay. So um, they just fill out an application, go online, go to our website, uh, Recovering from Religion, and up at the top on the right hand side it says volunteer. And then it has a list of different jobs, but the majority of people, uh, sorry, <laughs> just blasted through the door. Okay, so uh, the majority of people will either be an, uh, will sign up to be a helpline agent or a support group uh, leader. And then they just fill out the form. It's just basic demographic information and they they agree to to all of the acknowledgements and all the legalese. And then at the very end of the form, it sends you to a uh, website to schedule an interview. And that interview is where, is where it's at because that's the most important thing, piece of the puzzle that we need to find out if the, the volunteer is a good fit. So at the time, at this time, I have five volunteers that are interviewers and they uh, spend anywhere from 30 minutes to maybe even a two to two and a half hours going through about 30 questions with uh, the individuals who would like to volunteer. And then they need to answer 12 evaluation questions. And I base, the acceptance of the volunteers is very, very heavily on that because otherwise they're just names uh, to me and, and addresses. <clears throat> so it's very important for us to make sure that um, they are people who can demonstrate compassion, that can listen, because that's a, uh, an art that, that, that seems to be needed to be manifest more in life, <laughs> because a lot of people in <laughs> interview, uh, they, can't, they can't even listen to the questions to answer, answer them. They kind of go off on their own tangents. And, and so we kind of have to, to weed those ones out because if you can imagine, you are crying, you're calling in or you're chatting in and you really need someone to listen to you. And then somebody comes at you with here, here's what you need to do. Right, And, right. and they, don't, they don't even get the full story from you because they're so intent on, on telling you what you need to do. We can't have that. We need to have someone who is completely focused on the, the caller or the chatter. And, and, and in the support group meetings, we can have the, the leader dominating the conversation. He or she needs to just be a facilitator. Is there to kind of keep things in check and and make sure everybody's following the rules because it's peer support. Uh, The the leader doesn't have all the answers. So then after they're interviewed, if they pass the interview, then I send them on to the self-paced training, which is that self-paced training. And at the very end, there's a quiz. Once I get the quiz, it's just a basic comprehension. It's like 10 or 12 questions. And at the end, um, I send them on to the one-on-one training. And that that is a extremely comprehensive training that takes a minimum of two hours. And they're given access to all of our um, systems in, in order to provide the resources that they'll need to provide to, to mm-hmm. the chatters and the callers. And um, they, they, they mm-hmm. are taught about um, what to do whenever somebody calls in that they, they could be a troll or somebody who is beyond our scope, um, what, what we can do in different circumstances if somebody sounds like they're suicidal, what steps to take. It's, um, I think it, it's, it's, it's really, really improved because when I first started, I think it was back in 2017 or so, it was basically here, read these forms, watch this yeah. video, you're good to go. i i I just i i felt totally unprepared (laughs) yeah
0: i kind of felt the same way too when i first uh joined um uh my friend alex and i we formed the springfield missouri support group chapter and uh we were they basically um we had uh, we were interviewed i was interviewed asked some questions and then I was given the green light and then we're like, okay, now what? We'll start your meeting. Uh, You can start, you, you have our blessing. Like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) We kind of had to just figure it out and make it up. And, and uh, we, but luckily we found a a good process. And, uh, and like you said, the training has vastly improved. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And so the volunteer program, you guys are really kind of the gateway to RFR. If I wanted to come in and volunteer for RFR, you guys are the very first people that I'm going to talk to the very first people I'm going to experience. And then, um, and then you shuffle us off to uh, the pro- appropriate program to get the appropriate training. Right. Uh, and, and that's awesome. You guys do such a fantastic job. uh, uh uh, you, and you're very, uh, you guys are very communicative with us as directors and the people who handle the volunteers and the different programs. Kind of like, uh, this person has got a few red flags or this person looks great. And um, uh, so it, it's, and the questions too are fantastic that you ask. Uh, not only can you, are they just have like this surface level of um, answer, sure, blatant answer, but there's also kind of uh, the questions sort of point to, their overall character, like you had kind of uh, shared, and how how they kind of see the world, how they operate with other people, mm-hmm. um, and I, I like it. And we've had a few people <laughs> where, where uh, you ask the question, and and they just go off on some stories, and uh, then they keep talking, and they keep talking, and you can kind of get the hint that. Well, they just want to talk, and it's not it's not going to work here. <laughs>
1: uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, even though they, I'm sure that they have some great stories and they're very entertaining uh, and a person can learn from them, this is not the platform for that. Yeah. In, in fact, if they wanted to, if they wanted to, to put – put it in writing we'll be happy to accept it in the blog
0: exactly (laughs) but
1: but that's the the, yeah on the helpline or the support group leader it's not the place for it
0: yeah because um not just everybody can do this kind of of work this Mm -hmm. really takes some uh empathy and um putting uh putting yourself into other people's shoes uh and then also Listening, um, knowing that what you have to say isn't the most important thing to say, but what people are saying to you, the RFR clients are saying to you, that's the most important part at the moment because they may not have ever said this kind of stuff before. This, and uh, so you got. I, I look at the culture, look at the the volunteers that we have at Recovering from Religion, and um, uh, you know they all came through you, and it's, it's it they're just fantastic uh, people the the group of people we have here is just incredible so i can't mm-hmm. thank you enough for the the work that you do
1: thank you thank you very much and i i'm just you know like you said the gatekeeper i, I i'm not responsible for the great job they do <laughs> i just <laughs> bring them in <laughs> that's it
0: <laughs> now do you need any help in this program is there um or do you kind of feel like you've got it um sorted out and settled and the the volunteers you have are enough to do the work that uh, is required
1: definitely not it's it's (laughs) it's kind of uh volunteers come and go that's just the nature of the beast and and so it's not like we have a static 350 volunteers and everybody's you know just plugging along it's a well-oiled machine and and um, you know everybody shows up at their designated time, it doesn't work that way. Um, out of the 350, we probably have around 100 that mm-hmm. are active at, at any given time. And we're all adults and life happens. So we, we just have to accept that, that they're gonna have to take care of, of some things, and maybe they'll come back, maybe they won't, but other people will fill that, that space um, I don't want to make it sound like there are just a bunch of numbers, and they're all, you know, expendable. Uh, we we value each and every one mm-hmm. of them in their given time. And, in addition, it can be it can be a little draining, and that's one of the things that we really focus on in the training. Is you have to take care of yourself first. You always put your mask on first in the in the uh, plane. Um, if you're starting to get burnout, take a step back. Sometimes you have to take two or three steps back. But that's the most important thing. You can't completely drain yourself and then you're useless, not only right. to to the to the rest of the you know, the people in the organization, but probably to your family and friends. So um, we totally understand that. And 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 then there'll be somebody else that, that'll not necessarily take your place, but they'll just kind of move in. It'll it, it's just kind of very flow <laughs> flows.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I've, I've experienced that uh, quite a bit too uh, in, in the support group program.
1: One of the things that, even though I get all um, enthused about the whole database and working behind the scenes, the one time that I, I really feel uh, the enthusiasm for what what we do, or I really get to, to see the benefits is when we get together for the excursion or when we get together for a leadership conference. Because then I get to see, even, even though, I mean, that's a lot of names for a person to remember, but. I'll uh, Sometimes I interview people, and I'll be like, "Oh, I remember I interviewed you. You're still with us, yay!" <laughs> <laughs> and I can finally put a face to that name, and and that's that's the most gratifying experience. Um, even though I'm I'm my, the majority of what I do is just kind of like moving things around on a computer screen. That's not exciting to other people, but the the excitement the, of that um getting to know those those real people who were just some names and and finding out what they're doing with the organization because if a lot of what happens in recovering from religion like many organizations is a person comes in and they think you know i think that there is a vacuum here and and i have a special skill set i think i could fill that vacuum and then we're like, yes, go for it. And, and that's, that's one of the things that, that I, I love to see because I might have interviewed somebody and I, I don't know what happened to them afterward. I, I passed them on through the process. But then it turns out that like, they're now going to be on the board or they're going to start their own, uh, you know, part of the organization, like the international field. You know, I, I was friends with, with Sherry a long time ago. And, and I'm like, wow, look at how it's, it's, it's flying, you know, it's, it's just taking off. And here I am just kind of like moving some names to another cell, (laughs) adding this up, sending out an email, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm plugging away in my own little world and, and they're doing these fantastic things. And I love, love to see that.
0: So one of the last questions I've got for you, uh, and, and you actually kind of addressed it already. Um, uh, for you personally, what have you gotten out of volunteering? What has volunteering been like for you? Do you feel like you answered that already in, in your previous? Uh...
1: A little bit, but I, I just feel extremely proud to be part hmm. of Recovering From Religion. When When people ask me, you no, know, like what I do I, I, I have some part time jobs but what lights me up what what my my real mission is is recovering from religion and and you know some people like they t- they're taken aback just by the by the name of it but it doesn't bother me a bit if you want to hear about it I'm glad to tell you about <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's that's the the my like my main um, not my purpose in life, but it's it's the thing that that fulfills me the most out of all of the stuff that I do in my life. That's the thing that fulfills me the most.
0: Janna, thank you so much for joining us today, sitting down and, and talking with me and kind of uh, really, I understand the volunteer program a lot better than I did going into this. So thank you for that.
1: Great, great. It's been a pleasure for me too. <laughs>
0: Well, folks, that's going to wrap up this part of the uh, getting to know all of the RFR programs. Um, next up, I think we're going to start going into some of the uh, uh, main programs, helpline support groups, and so watch out for those videos. And uh, or if it, this is already it's already been published, they're on a playlist, and you can see them all. All right, folks. Well, have a great day, and thanks so much for joining us. Recovering from Religion is a non-profit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. Hope, Healing, and Support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering from Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work. Resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts, disbelief, and trauma can also be found on the RFR website. To connect with a secular therapist in your area, go to seculartherapy.org and create an account. If you'd like to support the work that RFR does, you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the Recovering from Religion website. It's also a big help subscribing to the RFR YouTube channel, our blog, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering From Religion podcast.